0: Hi guys, this is Alana. You are listening to the Praying Christian Women podcast
1: with me and my great friend Jamie. How's it going, Jamie? It's going very well. I am having a good, it's a beautiful day. I thought it was going to rain today and then it turned out to be another beautiful day. In the neighborhood? Beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yes. I haven't seen that movie with Tom Hanks uh-huh. about Mr. Rogers. I want to see that.
0: I kind of do, but I know it's going to make me sob my heart out. And so right. I, it well, is. I put myself through it.
1: It definitely will. Hey, I want to show you something. So for those of you that are watching on YouTube and those of you that don't know that we're on YouTube, if you're listening like on iTunes or whatever podcast thing you're listening on, um, we also have a YouTube channel where you can watch us. Most of our, most of our episodes get up there. Um, and so I got this in the mail. I'm going to hold it up here from our good friend, Pam Fields, at tendingfields.net. Aww. We interviewed her. So yeah. she makes these prayer bracelets with, with kids. Right, with the them. names. And, and there's, there's your them. kids. She made my kids' names. And it has been so neat. Like I, I thought it would be good for me, but my mm-hmm. kids have loved it. They're like, what are those bracelets? Why do they have our names Aww. on them? And so now they know that I'm praying for them and they can see like, as they know, like my middle kid was asking about this last night, like, so they're all on that wrist. Does that mean that you've prayed for me or that you haven't prayed for me yet? And so they know now that like if, when it's on my left wrist, it means I haven't prayed yet. And then when I transfer over to my right wrist, that, that means I've prayed for them that day. So they've been really excited seeing as they get transferred, they'll look and their eyes light up like, my Yeah, that's God, awesome. Isn't that cool? Oh. I just have Wouldn't to remember. Bad?
0: Like, can you imagine? Like, let's fast forward 30 years and like one of your kids is in therapy. And like, yeah, my brother and sister always had their bracelets moved to the other wrist before
1: mine was right. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Or like I was <laughs> tempted the other day because I, I I was like, Oh my, they're all on this wrist. Should I just quickly put Move them on to make sure that <laughs> I, I have not? But what it did, it made me pray for them all right away so that yeah. I it could be a minute prayer for each kid or a 30 mm-hmm, second mm-hmm. prayer for each kid, but it's been cool. I've loved this. So thank you, Pam That's Fields, cool. at tendingfields.net. If you want to head over there, she's got a lot of great blog posts with ideas for just parenting and mm-hmm. prayer reminders. She's got another really neat shower, um, like on the shower she'll laminate her like Bible verses uh-huh. once they're laminated they self stick to the tile, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so stuff like that. And she was on the podcast. I don't know what number that episode was, but I can, you know, get back to that at some point, but yeah, it was fun. That is awesome.
0: Well, I feel like since you and I are getting into a little bit more of a, like batching ahead, I feel like we need to put a disclaimer that if the world has gone, like even worse, um, we don't know it yet. (laughs) So that's right. The next couple episodes, we're, we're starting to record ahead again. My family has a move coming up the end of June. We're going to be moving to another more rural Alaskan community. We're all excited about it. But so I just feel like um, since things are changing like almost daily with current events, I just wanted to point out like we haven't experienced it yet. So hello from the past. I hope
1: things are going okay when you hear this. It's like a time capsule doesn't that feel great? It's like, a, like a time capsule. So yeah. Today but, is June 16th and it's
0: sunny and there is toilet paper in the stores and
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's, we're in a good place right now, I think. Oh, huh. debatable, but no. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully when this
0: airs, we'll be in an even better place. Okay. We're hopefully. in a good
1: place. I yeah. I feel like now I'm saying that, I, and unconsciously, I was anticipating that things will get worse in the future. So isn't that terrible that I'm just assuming, yeah, we're in a great place now for you, like listening, you know, apocalyptically several weeks <laughs> <No>. later. That's <laughs> lame. So forgive me for that assumption. I'm going to pray and expect that things will get better from here. Fabulous. God is, yeah. And and whether it looks good or bad, wherever you're coming from and listening to this in, God is in it. So that's a Amen. good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's open with a word of prayer and then dive in. Let's do it. God, we just praise you that you're in everything. You're at work, you're moving. Any movement is good movement when when it's when it comes to having the perspective of a child of God, because we know that you are in everything, that you promise to be at work in everything to bring about your good purposes. And, and the good purposes for those that love you who are called according to your purposes. So thank you God for that. We just praise you for being on the throne. We thank you for this podcast. We're going to be kind of celebrating this podcast today and we, um, you know, take people behind the scenes of the praying Christian women podcast. And we thank you God for the opportunity that Alana and I have had to do this and to be involved in this ministry and to grow our friendship, to grow our partnership, to grow individually and collectively. and. um. We just pray that this would be a fun time to sort of look behind the scenes and um, just give you glory for some of the really amazing ways that you've guided us along the way over the years and gotten us to to where we are now and, and that you continue to direct us down the path. We just pray for each of our listeners, be with them in whatever they're going through today, God, whatever struggles, whatever joys, that you would be present and just reveal yourself to them in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. I have to apologize. I may have had a muting accident. Did you hear me sh- shouting at the kids? No, I didn't. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> you were praying, I muted. And then I, I I didn't shout like angry shout. I was like, Hey guys, shut your door because my son's <laughs> chatting with your son and they get so loud. So I called out to them, shut your door. And then I came back and I must've like um, automatically unmuted.
1: Right, and, and then I remembered. saw that it
0: wasn't muted. I'm like, "Oh, great! Everybody heard me yelling." <laughs> no,
1: we did not. We did but not. But it was not that. an angry yell, so okay. I feel I at least feel good about that. <laughs> no confession necessary there.
0: Well, you know what? We didn't confess before we jumped on the air. Should we do a
1: candid confession? We didn't. That would be good. Uh, let me do the verse of the day first because this is kind of funny. Okay. So I did it as kind of a joke. I have a joke like warning. <laughs> i of the looking day for you. Now and i've got a like actual verse of the day so my oh, so okay. in case you hadn't gathered from my my prayer, where I like to slip in the, t- the topic of the day. Because um, you're the spoiler. Right. I'm the spoiler. Um, but this is a behind the scenes of the Praying Christian Women podcast episode where we're going to just have kind of a fun, like, look at what we do here, what we've done in the past, and do some fun questions. But so my verse of the day, I was going to say, Proverbs 22, 24 to 25, <laughs> warning to Alana, do not oh, make no. <laughs> friends with a hot-tempered person, <laughs> referring to myself, not you. Oh, oh, good. Yeah. I thought this warning. was a subtle, not
0: warning. subtle jab.
1: Yeah. (laughs) No, it was, it was a jab at myself. Don't make friends with a hot tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared because I am hot tempered. (laughs) I put up a really good front. I've got a great mask that I wear in front of, you know, the world at large. (laughs) But when it comes to like my kids, my husband, I let it all out sometimes. And I do struggle with a hot temper.
0: No, because you've never lost your temper at me, and that means that I'm not, you know, I'm not family to you if you haven't, you know, ripped uh, into me.
1: Shoot, I'm going to have to do Same that just, shut your door, just to prove <laughs> that I'm hot-tempered. You know, I don't even know if I would consider myself hot-tempered. I simmer, like, really well for oh, a while, but I get yeah. to the boiling point, so... I think Mm -hmm. it's just that, I think you're just not an inflammatory person. I think that's why. That's
0: what it is. That's what it is. I'm a, (laughs) I'm
1: the ice, you're the fire, is that? (laughs) Maybe,
0: maybe, yeah. I know. Well, I know I've talked about it before, but one of my most embarrassing, frustrating and annoying kind of idiosyncrasies is that if. I'm mad at somebody, my tendency is to giggle or like, if I'm really, really uncomfortable, I giggle. And so it's, it's hard to have a fight when you're, you know, trying not to giggle.
1: Yeah, no, I could totally see that, or and it would be disarming for the other person too if they're getting angry. see my husband, like
0: oh, he hates it. I've I've learned to not do it around him because I mean it's terrible. You're does mad he feel at like somebody.
1: You're laughing at him, or does yes. he just feel like you're not? No, hearing like he's me. like
0: yeah. no, it's like you don't think this is serious. You're laughing like, no, I'm just so uncomfortable with confrontation.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, I get it. Well. The real verse though, that I, I wanted to bring up is Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. I really, I feel like your friendship is very much in that category of sharpening and, you know, just, I feel like that's a huge blessing. So this podcast has, has facilitated that regular contact and, you know, like we talked about confession and that Mm -hmm. could lead us into our impromptu confession if you want. Let's do it.
0: Okay. You first. (laughs) I'll start. Yeah, yeah, no, because I was thinking about it because I knew we were going to be recording like, yeah, I've got a lot to confess to Jamie's family. I probably do too, so. (laughs) But you know, like I've um, had a good couple weeks. I feel like I'm out of the um, kind of creative funk I was in with the worst of the quarantine and things like that. And so Mm -hmm. things started going really, really well. And then we started packing yesterday and today I'm just like my brain and body have thrown in the towel, like by 9.30 in the morning, they had thrown in the towel. There were like probably three times where I was ready to pick up the phone and text to like, can we record another day?
1: And like, no. I'm not sick. I might be a little tired, but it's, I'm just, I'm not sick. I'm a little tired and I'm sick and tired. No. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. So this is where I announced that I'm just done
0: podcasting with you, Jamie. This, this is going to be my last episode. Um, and this
1: is where I blow up at you and then you realize how great our friendship really that's is. Funny.
0: Well, you know, okay. We have to tell everybody. So Jamie and her family came over uh, last week and we were having a great visit. The kids were having tons of fun. The daughter was playing with our puppy. Like life was so happy so good. And then all of a sudden your youngest son and my youngest son, man, did they go at it. And, you know, so it was kind of like, let's, yeah, time to go. (laughs) Good, happy feelings gone. But like, that was my very first reaction. It's like, my son has a friend that he is so comfortable with that they can have a major blow up at each other. And it's been, I don't know that we've ever had... (laughs) that he gets, you know,
1: that into it with. So, yeah, hey. well, and I think it's funny because it took me back because when they were little, when we first met and they were toddling around with each other, you know, like they mm-hmm. would have spats like that mm-hmm. and kind of tussle mm-hmm. like brothers. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And my my younger son is definitely, he, he's emotional. He's very, um, like he wears his heart on his sleeve. Mm-hmm. He not just, mm-hmm. you know, go quietly into the <laughs> yeah. go gentle into the minivan <laughs> yes exactly so maybe that yeah anyway
0: it yeah. was it was an explosive combination one of those it was. Like almost no fault things it
1: just it it happened yeah, they just, yeah. and they're fine now they they were yeah. fine oh, yeah. hours now later yeah Oh yep yeah, yep
0: yeah. yep yeah. So that's a that's kind of my confession is just yeah. being really blah. And then, you know, it's one of those things where I know the things that I could do to kind of try to set myself out of it. And I'm just not doing those, you know, like mm-hmm. I could have gotten up and gotten on a walk and gotten moving. I could have listened to a funny podcast and, you know, gotten laughing. I could have taken a nap. Like <laughs> there were a lot of things I could have done. And instead, I'm like refreshing Facebook. I'm like, this is such a long day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and isn't that funny? Because uh, So my confession is that I... I've gotten into this habit through what my kids have come to call the Corona break. I don't, I don't know why they call it that, but they're like, instead the, of
0: like spring break, is that what you mean? Like
1: the break? Right. From school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Just the break from school. They're like, so during Corona break, we've been blah, 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 whatever. And they still, mm-hmm. it's like this extended Corona break, even though it's our state has reopened and life is very much going back to, you know, some semblance of normalcy. But, um, but during Corona break, I got in the habit of, just kind of being absorbed by my family's needs and assuming Mm -mm. that, okay, that's what we need to do. And, you know, but I don't know. I think I use that as an excuse to Mm become, to be productive and Ah. Mm -hmm. you would think I saw this thing on Facebook. So the first couple of weeks of um, Corona break, I got kind of the house in order. I felt like I was maintaining Mm -hmm. a lot of systems and things. And then, All of a sudden then I wasn't and I saw this thing on Facebook that said, I thought my house was a mess because I'm never home. I guess that wasn't true. (laughs) And so, you know, I've just got there are a lot of organizing projects that I could be working on, but I'm doing Mm. I'm I'm reverting to let me just refresh Facebook. Part of it is I'm looking for puppy updates. So I'm obsessively refreshing my (laughs) we're getting our puppy like in less than two weeks. So I'm
0: so excited for you guys.
1: I am too, but it's um yeah, it. I have I've reverted to this just I'll just call it laziness and it's it's a hey and I, it's making I can even hear the excuses in my mind of like well hey you know my family needs me or I need to do mm-hmm. this or I'm 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 mentally engaged in this thing but I and I've been doing some like project things if they're in front of me like we've been doing a lot of projects around the house and building our deck and stuff and I've been doing that stuff but the self motivated productivity is not emerging strongly and I'm going to call that laziness and I'm going to call it, um, at this point now that it's been brought to my attention, I I specifically feel like God has been asking me recently to focus more on productivity, both home and ministry. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've just been doing what's in front of me that has to get done and nothing more. And I have so yeah. much more to give. And so that's disobedience. So those are mm-hmm, my, mm-hmm. I think that's my biggest confession right now.
0: I think a lot of people are going to have to, like, eventually we all need to stop using the pandemic as an excuse.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I was thinking about that with church. We haven't gone back to church yet and technically you know our state is allowing it to happen i'm still not 100% comfortable just in terms of like you know public health safety reasons i don't you know we can we can join in through facebook live which is what we do but i also recognize that it's going to be kind of easy for me to make that an excuse indefinitely mm-hmm. which probably isn't all that smart <laughs> or
1: good <laughs> No, we've been going through that same thing of really trying to examine our motives and our reasons, and, mm-hmm. you know, because we have not returned to collective church either, even though, you know, it is allowed. Um, mm-hmm. And we have some reasons we've, you know, that we, that we're trying to be careful in that arena. Though right. things that yeah. we've allowed our kids to do have been things that involve protection, distancing, right. you know, but um, like as far as indoor group stuff that's kind Mm -hmm. of in our mind, but then we look at the number of cases we look at, you know, like basically we've been going through some of that. My husband Mm -hmm. actually did sound this last week. He was, Mm -hmm. he was on the schedule for sound. And I haven't returned to children's ministry. So we're going through that too. Just not yeah. wanting at this point, like right this moment, I don't feel like there's a disobedience going on. Exactly. I like, but I don't but want going to be pretty easy. Yeah. Like, What's the end game? Am I just, <laughs> are we never going to church again? Like what, what's this going to look yeah, like? That's so good. <laughs> I yeah, I bet everybody is going through the same kinds of decisions on mm-hmm, all different mm-hmm. levels of what to do, what not to do, what to participate in, yeah. To so yeah, yeah, we can definitely be praying for wisdom. For sure, for sure. Well, are just for fun. We have a couple. This is going to be fun. And there, the numbering got really weird. So number one is number one. The next number one is number two.
0: <laughs> and so can, on I and can so can forth. I figure it out. Yeah, yep. you go right ahead. You know what? My husband always gets something. I I never knew that I did this until he started pointing it out every time I do it. I do it like once or twice a week. So I'll be like, if I'm listing out pros and cons, for example, I'll be like, okay, so number one is this. B is this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always that, it's always number one and then B. It's never like A and then number two. It's always number one. And then That's
1: B. <laughs> funny. Oh my gosh, that's funny.
0: All right, number one. Have you ever had
1: to dispense bear spray? Oh, did we explain where these questions came from? Oh, so these questions, we sent out an email to our newsletter subscribers, and we put a notice on our Facebook, our Praying Christian Women community private Facebook group. So... It's basically listeners and friends of the podcast. So
0: if you, yeah, (laughs) if you're in, if you're in the know with us, you saw this call for questions. So this is (laughs) going to be a fun one. Have you ever had to dispense bear spray? B. Any close
1: encounters (laughs) with creatures of the tundra? Love it. Now that could be accurate though, because that's kind of all one question. So it's question 1A and 1B. So yeah, I like that. 1A.
0: You ever dispense bear spray?
1: I never have. No, I've never had to and hope never to have to. What's your have closest you?
0: bear encounter?
1: There was a bear on our street. The kids were mm-hmm. playing in the yard. I, and it was, that. Yeah. Yeah, I think the bear ended up getting like 15, 10 to 15 feet away from one of our kids Oh lumbering down the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very mm-hmm. close. It was a black bear and it was very... Yeah uninterested as most black mm-hmm. bears are. Yep. Um, and they tend to be less aggressive than brown bears or grizzlies, yes. however you want to call them. Um, that was our first closest. And I'd say our second closest was at my daughter's picnic. We had a preschool picnic at one of the local parks. Um, mm-hmm. And we got there early to help set up with some of the teachers. And the kids were playing on the playground. There were only a few kids there, my kids and like two others. And so we're bringing stuff from the parking lot up to the pavilion area, which was quite a distance. And at one point, um, my daughter, who was like, you know, four or five at the time, mm-hmm. yelled, bear. Oh, and wow. There had been a sign that said that there was a bear sighted several days in a row, a black Ooh. bear. And we thought, well, there'll mm-hmm. be a bunch of us. And yeah, she, had, yeah. she had a tendency to yell bear because she thought it was funny. And I oh, always would no. be like, don't do that because one day there that. really is going to be a bear, right? Nobody's so, going to believe you. <laughs> so as she, as soon as she screamed it, I yelled at her. I was like, oh, "Don't don't say that!" And then I looked, and sure enough, oh, no. like maybe half a football field away, just kind of okay. in the field grazing down. It mm-hmm. wasn't close enough to be a close call. Yeah, yeah. But it ended up, I left all of the food that oh. I carried <laughs> in the uh-huh. civilian, and I kind of corralled the kids and took them down to the parking lot to wait for the wildlife patrol or whatever Mm -hmm. she uh, and so she was so upset because I had left the cupcakes that she had picked up that bear Took the cupcakes and I wasn't there. I was with the kids, but a couple uh-huh. of people stayed to keep an eye on it. And it yeah. went up to the pavilion. Oh man! It opened. We had one set of like the cupcakes in the like the regular size in the big mm-hmm. plastic clamshell mm-hmm. container. Yeah. It opened the container and ate one by one, ate the cupcakes out of it. Then it went to the other container that she had picked out of the tiny mini cupcakes. Yeah. It couldn't open the clamshell, so it grabbed it and it and it was like wrestling with the clamshell, trying to open it uh-huh. finally it took it in its mouth and like went back into the woods with the with the oh, cupcake wow yes. okay I have to
0: ask so did it did it leave the cupcake paper like was it a very dainty eater like it ate I, around the-
1: you know what I don't remember <laughs> I don't think so though I don't remember but I don't think it did I don't think it did I think it just ate the whole thing but I can't remember So we have
0: a bear encounter and we have a bear spray encounter. Thankfully, not the same story. So our bear encounter, I was taking the kids on a little hike. So this is way back when we lived in Anchorage and there was a high school near our house that we'd go and walk the trail. You know, it was like their cross-country running trail. And everybody was super young to the point where at least one was in the stroller and it might have been back when I was doing a double stroller. And we had heard all of the bear, um, training, you know, you don't run, you don't turn your back, you make yourself look big and you just, you say, Hey bear. And then you just kind of, you know, back up is like, we'd been told that 18 million times. (laughs) I'm with my kids. I see this. It's a mama black bear and two little baby black bears. Uh -uh. I mean, maybe 10 feet away. Like we turn corner and it's like, boom, they are there. <laughs> and, like all the training just disappeared. Basically it was grab my hands and we're running <laughs> and it didn't follow us. It didn't like, we didn't spook it. Thankfully. Cause I know that's no good, but, Yeah, and then I got in the car. I'm like, oh, that's not how I was supposed to respond. (laughs) But thankfully it worked. Yes, yes, we were fine. I was surprised at how little it was. Like black bears are are tiny. You know, you think of a bear and you think of this huge thing. Right, they're like a huge dog. I know, I know. I'm thinking like there's probably some types of dogs that are just as big um, as this black bear was. But yeah, so that was our bear experience. And then... um, Oh, our bear spray. So this was a couple summers ago. We had moved into a new house. And I don't know if it's like this in cities actually, because it's been so long since we lived in cities, but like living out rural, basically, like moving into a new house means you inherit all the junk in the garage. I don't know if that's the case, like we're, we're like, you know, civilized people. Then. It just,
1: it depends. I think okay. it just depends on the house. Cause we've had both types of experiences where it's been stripped clean. And then other times where we get there and it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Help whether yourself. We've, yeah. Whether we've rented okay. or bought it's we've okay. had different levels of that. Okay. So I'm upstairs
0: doing my thing. And I hear the kids like screaming, crying. You know, it was a summer that you and I were making plans to launch Praying Christian Women. And so we were probably like, we might've even been on the phone. Like, I know we were in like daily conversations at this stage. My kids are screaming, crying. My middle son, because of his health things, um, like Day-to-day, day he's fine, but the, the way it's put medically is he doesn't have a productive cough, so like, if he needs to cough something out, it doesn't work very well, mm. and I hear him say, I'm dying, I'm dying, and so I run out in the garage. They had been playing in the garage, and there was this big old thing of airspray. And it's one of those, like, what was in your brain? I don't know. Like, who knows what was in their brain? But it was like, oh, look, here's a can of something. Let's spray it. And so, oh. thankfully, it did not get in contact with their skin. Um, one of them, when he took his shirt off, it irritated his eyes. But thankfully, like, it wasn't directly on the skin, but it, man, did it irritate their um it was to the point like their eyes were watering so much they couldn't really see. They weren't, they were just kind of in a panic. So they didn't know to leave the garage. Right. And or what it was. Bad. Yeah. Yes, yes. And so I came out, I got them in, I called poison control. Cause that was my first thing. like, I don't know what to do with this. What should I do? And so they said, just take off their clothes, you know, rinse off in cool water. And then she wanted me to go into the garage to like, look at the label so that they could see exactly what it was. And even just like, you know, minutes later, just walking into the garage for, you know, five seconds. It was so hard. I was hacking. It was bad. Because, oh, I mean, it's basically
1: pepper spray. I mean, it's Super basically concentrated really pepper concentrated spray. pepper spray. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah. But thankfully, they're okay.
1: <laughs> but well, again, it
0: was one of those like, what were you thinking? And you can't really ask that question because there's no <laughs> answer. Out there. There's... there literally is no
1: answer. It was, here's a, here's a spray can. Let's see what's in it. There's a big orange button and it just like, could not. <laughs> Squeeze it. I'm actually impressed that they figured out how to get the guard off of it because I even trying to figure it out, it's not easy. So they actually, yeah, kudos. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what not everyone that doesn't live in Alaska or somewhere where there are moose knows is that that grammar was probably totally wrong. But what not everyone knows is that (laughs) It just doesn't sound right. If you don't live in Alaska, you don't know that. You might not know that (laughs) moose are actually more dangerous than bears and they are responsible for more deaths and they are very cute. I mean, you see them and they look like they don't care that you're there for the most part. Mm -hmm. No, they care. (laughs) Don't even care. Right. And you go and it looks like they don't even know you're there. They look like a big cow sitting there chewing the bark Mm -hmm. or whatever. But Mm -hmm. they will get very aggressive. And particularly if they have calves nearby or if it's a bull Mm -hmm. that's in rut, like you do not want to mess. And so um, my husband has had some very close moose encounters where he's been.
0: Oh, when he was bent on his bike? Mountain biking.
1: And it's always Ooh. the encounters that he has had have been mostly mountain biking, mostly when it's been like dusk, like in the fall or the yeah. spring. When we're starting mm. to get, or I'm, yeah, is that right? Yeah, when you still have some evening where yeah. it gets dark, um, and they just that's kind of the witching hour for them. I think they are yes. afraid of predators at that time, maybe, mm-hmm. and, or they can't see as well, yeah. but he he's I think three times now he's gotten to the point where he will come up quickly on a moose Mm. Um, twice. It's been bulls. And once it was a mom with babies, all three times he was pursued. And two of the three times he was one time with the mama, she reared up and tried to stomp and trample. And he turned around and went as fast as he could the other way. Um, And she stopped and stayed with her babies. The, the one huge bull moose didn't try to trample, just charged immediately. Mm. No warning. And he was able to get away and it stopped. Then there was this young bull moose with just small antlers and that one followed him and his buddy for like a quarter of a mile or something. They were like booking it up a hill and the the moose up a hill. Gaining on them and scary, they were terrified. So moose are and we've seen some, they're around our house all the time and so Mm there have been times when the kids, when Eva was like, I don't know, one or two, she must've been two, but she just started screaming and crying and pointing because they were all playing outside in the snow and it was a moose and my mm-hmm. biggest son grabbed her and took her up real quick and they all got inside. But yeah, but they can be, some of them care, some of them don't, but you got to assume yeah. they all
0: care. Well, should we share the story of my kid at your house?
1: Oh, that
0: was, oh, oh my goodness. That was
1: <laughs> priceless. Why did I not think of that? Do you want to tell it or you want me?
0: You were there. So I'll I'll give the the layup. So my husband and I, well, my husband had a business trip in San Diego last year. I went with him and our kids hung out for the week at Jamie's. (laughs) So that's the, um, that's the setup,
1: (laughs) the backstory. So, uh, Alana's kids are homeschooled. So they weren't going back and forth to school. My kids, I had to take them to school that morning. And we had a neighbor friend that comes over in the mornings that we also take over to school. And the school is like 30 seconds away by car. So we were all getting ready to get in the car and I went outside and opened the car and got it started. And I said, okay, kids run out, get in the car. I'll be right there. And I had to go get something, whatever, I don't know, something I needed on the way. And when I got back out, they were all like kind of flustered and sort of talking and the little girl that comes over to our house was like, like, like lying, leaning <laughs> on Alana's youngest and, and like just like let him go yeah. snuggled up to him kind of. And I was like, what is going on here? And she said, he saved me from the moose what do you mean? So apparently this moose, which I then saw that had been around the house had walked up as they were getting into the car and Alana's youngest, like pushed her into the car real quick because the moose was coming around to the side of the car. And then he got in next to her and She was like my hero. Like she thought he was the greatest, but she was like giving him looks and like hugging him. (laughs) And if I only had the look on his face captured, the poor guy. He was like he didn't know what to do, and and it was was, adorable. Yeah, yeah, so he was was not super comfortable. I don't think with (laughs) the situation.
0: So I'm hanging out in San Diego. This is my first time out of state without the kids. My husband's in classes all day. Like I had the like introverts paradise vacation, right? So I'm just hanging out during the day. Like nobody's shouting mom, blah, blah, blah. So I get this text from my son and no punctuation, no capitalization. Mom, I saved the Hamptons friend from a moose and now she won't let go of me. And I think she's in love with me and I don't know what to do. So adorable. So yes. we even went into this whole thing, like I there. I'm sure there is a name for it, but I like I tied in like you know how people think they're in love with firefighters, you know, because it's it's such a stressful thing, and like the, yeah, I we went into the entire psychology of it. <laughs> I'm like it's okay. <laughs> it was really funny though.
1: Oh yeah, it definitely, it, it was, it was very cute. And I think he approached me the next day before she came and was like, how do I handle this? And, but, and it was fine. It all worked out fine. We explained to her that he wasn't comfortable, but she was not, she, she did not let up the next day. You know, the next day she was still in love. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's hilarious. It was cute, but yeah. Well, uh our only real dramatic well, we have a couple everybody everybody's gotten Moose story. The the one that was the most um well, one was really, really scary and one was just really, really it was slightly scary and really annoying. We went on a guided hike in um what's in Kincaid, and there were like maybe eight of us. It was it was like four little ish kids you know, we were going to walk down to the water, walk back up. The hike itself was scheduled to take like an hour, like 20 minutes to walk down to the water, 20 minutes to hang out, 20 minutes to walk back. Everything's going fine, but when it's time to walk back, there's a moose lying in the middle of the trail. So we've got a guide, and she's like, you know what, if it was me, I'd be fine, but we've got little kids here. Let's just, I know another way around. It's a little longer, but we'll just go this other way around. Okay, this happened like, I think, six times we had to change our route because the moves were just out and none of them cared. None of them got aggressive. But it was so long when you've got these little kids. It was like I think it was supposed to be like maybe two to three and it was 530 by the time we got to the car. It was a so long
1: Especially with little kids, too, that are exactly. like hungry and tired. Yeah, it's like,
0: it's snack time. It's, oh my this goodness. was not what we planned. And then the, the scary time, I was almost in tears. We were pretty new to Alaska. Like, it was in our first couple of years. And I had just brought my son home from one of his therapy appointments. So it was just him and me. And it was back, he was in a car seat, and he had medical equipment we had to carry. And we lived in this apartment where it was like a big old long kind of, not driveway, but like a big we had to walk up a hill outside to get to our door. And there was a moose, like right where I park. And, you know, like I was, I was flustered. I was stressed. I was still like, we were probably, you know, just a few months out of coming home from our NICU stay. And so I called my husband, he was still home. I'm like, there's a moose. I don't know what to do. And, you know, so he just stood at the door and kind of tried to distract it. But I was, I was very scared, even though like, really, it, it was just there. It wasn't
1: acting aggressive, but
0: Right, it's but when difficult. you
1: have a baby, you know exactly. It's like, Very yeah. different. Very different.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yep. All righty. There's our. Uh, <laughs> that's probably more bear moose stories than anybody <laughs> expected. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've you
1: know they just kept coming.
0: Okay, real quick. I think this will be interesting for our lower 48 listeners or non-Alaska listeners. How many bear attack
1: survivors do you know? Uh, I know of one, but I don't know him personally. No. Okay. I just know of one. Oh, two two I know of two okay but not directly yeah we yeah, have but not two directly, just like people that that my husband has contact with oh okay yeah
0: work. my husband works with one and then um someone
1: from one of our previous churches also wow so yeah so, so you know up close in person yeah I
0: mean bear. everybody at, at the very least everybody's at least one person removed I think from a from a bear attack survivor
1: yeah well, we're actually about to go down to the Russian River on Monday. We mm-hmm. leave to go for a few days for salmon fishing. And mm-hmm. I didn't even bring up those, but I mean, you're going to see brown bears. Oh, for sure. And yeah. they will share the water with you and mm-hmm. they'll be fishing like just down. The but south. they're not hungry because they've got all the salmon they want. So I actually feel <laughs> the only thing I'm ever afraid of when I'm there is that I'll sneak up on one or that there will yeah. be like a mama with cubs or something that's going to mm-hmm. you know, be aggressive. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I feel safer with being like fishing in the river where they're able Mm -hmm. to just go and fish because they really don't seem like they care. I don't think there's – I can't think of anyone that I know of that has been attacked by a bear while just fishing. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, one of those funny stories. All right, well, moving on from bear spray, moose, and bear
1: attacks, what is one food that you can't stand? So I have the, the one big one for me is a fruit called lychee. Yeah, I've heard of it, but I don't think I've ever had it. So I think the first time I had it was in a Chinese restaurant. So I don't know if it's like a Chinese fruit, but it's um, the way that it was prepared. It was either poached or canned or something. So it was like slimy and soft. Yeah. Yeah. It just wasn't that the flavor was like sickeningly syrupy sweet Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. texture was disgusting. And so I've always had that in my mind as a food that I cannot stand. Mm -hmm. Um, The other one that I can think of is um, a a girl came to uh, my office one time at the lab I was working at with lunch and she had like this, like basically a fermented egg. It's like, with oh yeah, Scott's, yeah, Scott's had those. Yeah. I wouldn't even try it. I'll try anything, but I, I would not bring myself mm-hmm. to try that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I would not like it, but I just, yeah. Ooh.
0: In a funny way though, isn't it strange? That, like you'll eat chicken and you'll eat right. eggs, but the thought of eating an egg with a chicken and it really is like, yeah, it's yeah.
1: just a funny, 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 I'm sure if we grew up eating it, it wouldn't be a big deal at all. It wouldn't, but well, I love oh, everything ahead. else. I, I'm, I'm not yeah. a picky eater. I'll eat just about anything.
0: I am super un-American in that, like, pizza for me is just, it's the go-to when there's absolutely nothing else and you just need something quick. I don't, I don't care for it.
1: You don't like
0: pizza. Uh, Don't like pizza. Every once in a while, I'm like, oh, that's a pretty good, I like, what's the take and bake? Is that Papa Murphy's? Those can be okay, but again, it's never like, man, I want some good pizza. Nope. Um, Same thing with burgers. Like, I think every so often, if I'm guessing that it means my body's low on iron, I might, like, crave a burger, Mm -hmm. but most of the time, eh, nope. I'm a, like I said, I'm the an anti-American diet, I guess, as those two. <laughs> That's not a
1: bad thing, you know? Like- yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you know, we didn't grow up eating fast food. And so like those things just never really were in my repertoire all that much. So yeah, it's probably for the best health-wise, but it's uh, something my husband always jokes like, what fast food do you like? You know, I'm like, well, I like Subway. That's about it. <laughs>
1: that even doesn't even count. Some, some people wouldn't even count that as Mm fast. So that means you're healthy. You're in good shape.
0: That's right. That's right. Subway should hire me to be there. Like walk, you know, that anyway, long, long, long story, too big of a tangent. (laughs) All right. Next question.
1: Is it it dark? dark all day where you live all, is it dark all day long where you live in the winter? And that would depend on where you live in Alaska. So you know, I'm right in Anchorage, where we're pretty far south, and it is not dark all day. But like I would say, at the heart of winter, when we've got the the least sunlight, the kids go to school, and their school doesn't start till nine. Uh, Well, my younger ones, their elementary school doesn't start till nine, and it's pitch black when they get to Mm -hmm. school. It probably the sun rises around ten, and then in the evening, it's like 3 30 when I pick them up and it's dusk, like it's yeah. getting dark fast. Like we, yeah, we pitch black stay, by four. Yeah. yeah if we want to stay in sled, we can't during those days because yeah. it's just too late. Yeah. Yeah. So About the same where we are.
0: Yeah. The very darkest, it's probably dark until just before 10. And mm-hmm. then, you know, again, dark for sure by four. And the other thing is the sun never gets high. Right. Um, it's it's never more than maybe like five or 10 degrees above the horizon, even, you know, in the middle of the day. Um, so there's that. And then there are some places like I'm, I think Fairbanks for sure is more mm-hmm. extreme. And then there are some yeah. places in Alaska where, you know, it can be a couple weeks of actual darkness, but we,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, the Hamptons and mm-hmm. our family have never been that far North.
1: No. And really I kind of an, I don't know why, but I kind of like it in some ways. It feels kind of cozy and It's and an enforced it, slowing down. It is. I just, mm. I like something about it. So it's kind of mm-hmm. neat, but it does. The one thing I don't like about it, your productive day gets very short in terms of what you can do outside. And, you know, if you have to do anything that involves mm-hmm. daylight, mm-hmm. it's really, really shortens your productive day. Whereas in the summer, I love the fact that if I need to do stuff outside, I could get up at the crack of dawn and it would be bright. Or oh, yeah. I could, you know, stay out until almost midnight and have plenty of light to do whatever. So, Oh,
0: for sure. Yeah. I had to take the puppy out a couple nights ago. It was past midnight. It wasn't dark. It's not going to get dark, dark. Technically, we have a sunset, but it's still right. never dark. Um, the one thing that I don't like, I love that part of summer. I just wish that we could see the stars because oh,
1: me too. in the winter,
0: it's really too cold to stargaze. And in the summer, it never, it truly does not get dark enough to see stars. I mean, oh. even if you're up at 2am. Um, so that's, that's. Alaska climate for you. Yeah.
1: Well, when we get into like the end stages of camping, like in September, that's Mm -hmm. when we can see stars. It's so funny because almost every year the kids are like, wow, I forgot you could see stars. Like, it's like they forget every year (laughs) that they're really, yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. No, we
0: haven't ever, like our kids don't really, like, I don't think they've ever actually seen the Milky Way. Like they just don't know what that's like.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: What's our next question?
1: What's the coldest temperature you've ever been in?
0: Mm, Okay. So we've seen 50 below a couple times. And I think maybe if you're pushing it, maybe like we've seen 55 below, but I would say the most that I'm absolutely convinced that I've been outdoors in is 50 below.
1: Yeah. I think for me, it is twenties, early twenties, like 23, 25 at the most. Cause and that's Mm -hmm. extreme for Anchorage. I mean, we typically are really temperate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, last winter when we got back from visiting people at Christmas time when we were having our foundation work done, they, these guys were working and I think it was negative 11 was, was about the average temperature mm-hmm. and that was a big cold snap. I would say Anchorage yeah. in general, um, yeah, stays a lot more moderate than that, but um, yeah. yeah, you've definitely, know, where you live yeah. is way mm-hmm
0: A lot of school districts. I don't think this is a statewide policy, but I think it's one that just local school districts adopt. And that's um, recess turns to indoor recess at 20 below. So as long a, as it's not, yeah, the book about the that. Book. Yeah, as a, yeah. As long as it's not you know, colder than 20 below, there's still recess. Our church's policy when we lived, when my husband was a pastor, was church was canceled at 50 below. Um, Just because, you know, there are safety concerns. Like if your car were to break down and you get stranded, that's, that's a dangerous temperature to be stuck out in, Uh Um, you know, and cars don't run as well when it's that cold. Um, You know, I think I would, I would be pretty scared at 60 below. To me, that feels just dangerous and. I don't want to say unsurvivable because like Fairbanks dips to 60 below, I think kind of regularly. I mean, it's not unheard of there and people are fine. But to me, that's the temperature of like 40 below. No biggie. I've been out in 40 below dozens of times. 50 below I've seen before, but 60 below, man, that sounds scary to me.
1: Yeah. hmm Well, All cool. Right. Well, those are our ask me anything questions. That was fun. Yeah. Now what? Well... Do so we want to go into our, I was thinking we could just kind of talk about the podcast and, you know, I don't know, how long have we been on? I we've mean,
0: been talking for a long time.
1: We might need a part two. Do you
0: want to do a part two? I think yeah. that'd be pretty fun.
1: Let's do a part two where we talk a little, because we've got a lot of questions left about our podcast yeah. and our projects. And yeah.
0: Okay, but but so that we are um, edifying our listeners who come for
1: prayer related
0: things. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot with two questions. Oh, what would you say are, what are some of, since we've been talking a lot about Alaska and it's so funny because I, I forget, like I do this with my readers too, like, you know, some ask me things. and so many people want to know about Alaska. And I just kind of forget that it's um, exotic to so many people who right. haven't you know, lived here for decades. <laughs> um, so since we've been chatting mostly about Alaska, what would you say for people who wants to pray for our state because it is there's it's a very different flavor than you know mainstream US so what would you say are some of the unique spiritual needs of our state
1: hmm i would say one of them is one of the unique things that i've well it's not really unique but with our church what i've noticed is because alaska alaskans are so serious about their summer there's a lot more mm-hmm. yep. in-state but out-of-town travel. Camping and fishing and hunting yeah. is, is huge. And so even in the fall and the spring, there's hunting. But summer especially, mm-hmm. it's really hard to get help in ministries, like children's True. ministry. Because
0: yeah, everybody's out with their families enjoying the be- – like Alaska's gorgeous
1: in the summer. Yeah. So, and with COVID, like there are still people that aren't coming back to church yet. And I know that our mm-hmm. ministry, and our children's ministry in particular is really lacking in workers. So I could say just even COVID aside, that's mm-hmm. the, the seasonal nature of our state makes it um, definitely more of a challenge in the summer to get help for children's ministry and vacation Bible school and things mm-hmm. like that. That's mm-hmm. one
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, out of all 50 states, Alaska is actually the most unchurched. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. And then another aspect, I have no idea. Do you have a feel for about what percentage of Alaska is off the road system? Like what percent of the population? So, know. you know, let's call it, I don't know, 10, 15%, maybe more. Um if you take Anchorage and their big population out of it, it's way more, there's, there's lots of villages where you can only get to by plane. And, um, so, you know, it's hard not all of them have a full-time pastor, the, you know, missionaries who do go out there, it's, it's stressful. Okay. So as a, as an illustration, Scott and I, when we met, we were planning on becoming missionaries to Siberia, which is actually like, um, Alaska was just going to be our stepping stone. It was going to be where we finished his Bible college training, got used to the cold, and then we were going to be off to Siberia. And that changed with um, the medical needs that arose when our second son was born. But we knew like dozens of missionaries really, really, really well and all over the world. And by far... The missionary friends that we had that were um, living the most extreme in terms of just roughing it mm-hmm. were in an Alaska village. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like once, so they were missionaries in one Alaska village. Her parents were missionaries in another Alaska village. They were going to fly to California to spend. I to California. <laughs> they fly to their grandparents to spend. That's where my grandparents are. That's probably what's in my head. What my, you're <laughs> thinking? <laughs> they were gonna fly to um, this other village to spend Christmas with their mom and dad and the grandparents. Their power went out. The roads were too icy to fly. The um, power lines or the phone lines were down, so they they couldn't get in touch with her parents. There was no way to contact her family. They just basically didn't show up <laughs> on Christmas Eve like they were planning to. And it took them like a week before they could even tell them, "Yeah, we're here. We're fine." Um, Her mom, also a missionary in the, you know, in the bush, um, ended up delivering a baby. I believe it was like kind of with the help of like someone was just on the phone coaching her because it was too windy for the flight planes to land. Like it is, it is really, really rough in it when you get out to the villages. And, um, so I would say that is for sure a unique aspect of Alaska and Alaska ministry. Um, And then, you know, another one, we've talked about it a couple times, even on the show, but, you know, Anchorage has a a real hard homeless population. Yes. Lots of crime. We're number one in churchlessness. We're also number one in abuse. Like it's, it's pretty, there's a lot of bad things um,
1: going on. Yeah. And I think there's definitely, you know, a lot of the national media has been focused on kind of a. Uh, like the African American population as the minority of the focus recently because of mm-hmm. the George Floyd death. Yes. Yes. Everything. And which are discussions that need to happen. I absolutely want to. Absolutely. Wanna absolutely yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and we have, and we we definitely mm-hmm. are, are behind, you know, wanting to, to hear people that feel unheard of yes. all races, but right now, yeah, that is the focus. And we are, we're, we're, definitely in that conversation. At the same time, personally, I've also been very engaged in that conversation, but I've also been engaged just in my mind, thinking about how there are some similar issues with the native population here Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. Alaska, because that is by far the largest, um, I don't know, I, I feel like calling the Alaska natives a minority is almost insulting since they were here, you know, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And so, but if you want to call that a minority population, <clears throat> um, just there, the, the Alaska native community has a lot of issues that they are working through that mm-hmm. our government is trying to work with them as far as abuse and, yeah. um, you know, in the villages, um, poverty, in Anchorage poverty and all of these oh, things Oh yeah and so yeah. there're just I would say just um just prayer for the Alaska native population and, mm-hmm. and just for our state's ability to engage in meaningful dialogue to to figure out how we can fix what what's wrong because it's a huge um it's a huge issue that definitely that yeah and another prayer. huge
0: issue kind of paralleling what's going on in the lower 48 um the village police officers, I forget the VSPO or the safety patrol. Is that what it stands for? I think Um, so. There are some villages that have no active police force and those that do, there are lots of just bad stories of abusive power and lots of, yes, lots of needs for prayer in that that side of things as well. So, Hey, our, uh, our fun behind the scenes, ask me anything kind of turn into here's what's going on in Alaska guys. So maybe you want to close, um, I'll pray for our state, our nation, our world, and then we can wrap it up and do more of our behind the scenes soon. Sounds good. Okay. God, thank you so much for allowing our family and the Hamptons to live in this great state. Thank you so much for the, Beautiful, just beautiful nature of this state. Thank you for the bear and moose and thank you for protecting us and our family on these close calls. And we pray that you would continue to do so. Um, God, we pray for missionaries who are in Alaska. We pray for all of these issues that we've brought up with homelessness and, and poverty and abuse. I just pray that you would be working to extend so much grace over this state of our nation, just bring healing, bring reconciliation, bring unity, and bring your wonderful healing, power, and anointing to our state, to our nation, and to our world. Amen. Yes, amen. All righty. Well, please leave us a review if you have not done so yet. That absolutely helps us to get discovered by more listeners so that we can encourage even more women like you. And now let's end with our blessing and benediction. May God open doors of ministry to you today so that you may proclaim the word of the Lord courageously and effectively. May your speech always be seasoned with grace so that you may know how to answer anyone who asks about the great salvation you've been granted through Christ. May God use you today to open eyes that are blind, to proclaim freedom to captives. May you never be ashamed of the gospel, but instead proclaim it boldly to those who
1: need to hear. And our benediction is from Psalm 134 verse 3. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. Amen. Thanks
0: for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show. And we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to him and change the world one prayer at a time.